0: all right so i'll just start with the summaries then um so basically in this one uh some white people show up and they're like that's kind of weird and they uh ask to uh eventually they end up coming over to talk to them and they ask to build a church and they're like uh okay you can do that go out in the dark forest uh we don't uh trust you uh so you can guys can just go over there you're gonna die anyways because it's the evil forest uh, uh, alright cool done. whatever oh, yeah, oh, I'm okay. oh so my gosh. turn so yeah <laughs>
1: we begin Okonkwo exiled and he's, he's kind of depressed so that doesn't matter and and then a bunch of white people come in they're Christians they try converting people Okonkwo's son becomes Christian he he gets even more depressed and sad and, and then he, he goes back since his exile is gone and then like he, he kills a dude he goes to prison for like three days and, and then he hangs himself at the end and then it's super sad Bad,
2: bad. okay Wait, wait. And, and go Okay,
3: so we started out with *Tim in Exile*. And his, there were a bunch of, like, Christian missionaries who came and were like, okay, let's guys, let's do this. We want you to join. And then the people of the town, were, um, like, the old people were like, okay, you're going to get some evil trees, like, area to grow it. And you won't survive. And they were like, sick, bet. And then they survived. And then people started joining it. And then Okonko came back and found out his son joined it as well. And he was not happy with it. And he was like, okay, it's time to fight. And then, okay, so
2: basically um, Okonko, he's an exile and he's gone and then everyone's like hey like there's these rumors of these guys these white people they're gonna come and like kill us and like take over um, and everyone's like no that's like there's no way basically it does happen and then they come and then Okonko's son joins the like Christianity thing and, and Okonko's starting to show weakness um, but that's like totally what he's against so that has a little character arc and then um, he goes to jail for killing someone and then he like tries to fight back and then he fi- figures out that he's too weak and then he just like kills himself because he like gives up and shows the ultimate side of weakness done wow
0: I think you did the yes. best. Yeah. Uh, really? You the
2: <laughs> best. You go, well, okay. You finished. Yeah, oh, you. Fi- um. Okay. So talking about why we believe the author Achebe, Achebe, Achebe um, chose O'Quanko to be the main character. I think, personally, it's just because he was such a complex character. Um, I think that he just had so many layers to him, and that everyone had such a different perspective on him. Like, some people hated him purely because of what his father did, and some people hated him purely because of the type of person he was personally. And a quote that I found interesting, is in Chapter 24, and it says, O'Quanko stood looking at the dead man. He knew a Afu- Afuma. Would not go to war. He knew because they had let the other messengers escape. They had broken into tumult tumult instead of action. He discerned fright that tumult. He heard voices asking why did he do it. Um, And I think this really just shows that Okwanko's his broken spirit, and he feels just so guilty, even though that's what he's been running from this whole book. And it just shows, like, a very, very, very big character arc, and the fact of him going from, I can't show emotion, like, there's no way I can ever feel anything that's bad, to, like, feeling so extremely guilty in the end, and eventually, like, pushing him to commit suicide. And I think that's, like, such a big reason why he was a protagonist, was just because he was so complex, and had so many different layers that we could all analyze together.
0: Yeah, and It's not saying that some of the characters aren't complex. Mm -hmm. Some of them are, but I feel like he's one of the most because he's the one who goes against this culture that everyone's bound to. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, like, raises the questions and the whole themes in it. And if it were any other character, it would not have the same themes as it does, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Because the other characters weren't as serious as, like, like the masculine-feminine sides of everything. He's Mm -hmm. just so focused on everything like that that it's kind of, like, it sets this theme of like your identity like inside like because he goes between I'm strong I'm a man and then towards the end he thinks of himself as a woman
3: Mm -hmm. he tried like I think I agree with you guys on that because it's like like you said he like gets like to his like view of bad what he didn't want to turn out to the weakness it's what got him in the end and it just it really just like i can see how the author wanted him to like be like the main protagonist because he's not all good it's like showing the good side and the bad side and you can see like in the middle when his daughter was um his wife's daughter was taken by the priest um, that that he had feelings that he wasn't just like totally like no anger and everything like that, and it was just a good side to see from
1: the main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I totally agree with that, and I think it really shows why he chose him based on, like, how he dies at the end, which he commits suicide, which is, like, seen by the tribe as, you know, dishonorable weak. and weak, and, weak yeah. and how his body's, like, kind of bad now and haunted. Mm-hmm. And I I think it just shows how complex he is, because at the beginning, he started off this proud man who only cared about his titles, mm-hmm. and then at the end, he just... He just kind of went and did the weak thing, which he was always trying to avoid.
2: Yeah, um, going off of what you said about that, I think it's just so crazy how what he was trying to avoid is, like, what he came to in the end. And I think the author is really just trying to communicate that, like, you can't really run from your problems because they'll all catch up to you one day. Or if you're fearful, your fears ultimately, like, fear despises. Is that what you say? Like, your what you're. What you're scared of will ultimately be your despise, and I think that he um, demise? Demise. Yeah. demise demise that yeah, sorry. that one. Thank you, thank no you. Um, yeah, um, what you're scared of will ultimately be your demise, and what he was just running from is was like what ended up killing him. And I think the author is really just trying to communicate through Oquonko that you need to face what your fears um, head on because running from them is going to do more bad than good. Yeah.
0: yeah, and kind of like with his uh, community, what they think of him, it's stated several times, kind of like. How he has a lot of friends and he's respected among them. But throughout the story, the more he becomes, like, weak. And while he becomes weak, if anything, he becomes more worried about being masculine. So that's Mm -hmm. when he starts going against all these rules and stuff. Because he wants to prove to himself he's still a man. And throughout that, they kind of just, like, lose their connection to him. And lose their ties to him. And especially, like, in his uh, mother's homeland. Like, he like they all told him like you're way too strict about this you're like disrespecting women. you're disrespecting our culture mm-hmm. and like they kind of just disrespect him for that in return mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and I feel like since the community doesn't feel good about him
1: I feel like we had kind of an opposite effect because I found in the beginning I kind of like I didn't like him you know I felt yeah. like he was kind of a joke. yeah but then at the end when like when he started to like show emotion for like his daughter and son and like Mm -hmm. he seemed to genuinely care about the old ways of his community felt like I actually respected him more at Mm -hmm. the end even though in his eyes he was kind of weak
2: yeah I feel like we talk a lot about how he like like he's so weak and like he could have been like a better person but i like personally find him really strong even because um when the missionaries came and like when christianity started happening everyone started converting to them the outsiders were like the first people to like try and join their thing and even though he was technically an outsider because he was exiled he still held true to his values and like fought against them and i think that's really strong thing to do i yeah. respect his morals like he has yeah. a
3: good moral mm-hmm. compass and that he follows it even though his morals is not like the same as mine i
2: respect mm-hmm. that he still follows him and he like b- yeah. strongly believes in and him. It. yeah it
0: kind of separates him yeah. still from like that culture like at the end of page 157 he said uh umofia uh who had so un- unaccountably become soft like woman It's kind of like showing how they've gone this direction, and he's sticking to his beliefs and not changing and not leaving, and that kind of separates him from that culture.
2: Yeah, he's not changing, and everyone needs to change to go with everything. Exactly. Yep, great. Um, Okay, so for this section, we're discussing the white man's burden, and the directions are read and annotate the following poem. For your podcast, discuss the thematic connections to Things Fall Apart, in particular reference to the white missionaries' address to the village people, through the interpreter, Kiaga, how does the missionary's attitude compare with compare with that of the speaker in The White Man's Burden? How does the speaker of the poem and the missionary in the novel view non-white people? What set of assumptions do the missionary and the speaker of the poem make? And this was by Rudyard Kipling and made in 1899.
0: Um, I feel like both the missionaries um, uh, and uh, Kipling kind of think of it as like they're going to... Uh, spread the religion and make them holy from like uncivilized people to mm-hmm. civilized and that's why they kind of justify it with that because they're like if we're um, the, like they see it as like half devil half child they want to like educate and like make them civilized like they are
2: mm-hmm. um, I think it's really crazy how that especially um, Kipling he just doesn't see any wrong in what he's doing if anything he thinks it's putting a burden on the white people for having to civilize in a sense um, people of I shouldn't say people of culture but um, ethnic races and I just think it's so crazy how they think that they're the ones who have to take on the burden for having to kill and hurt other people when they didn't have to do this in the first place it was their choice and um, take up as in like they voluntarily like wanted to do this and they're like glorifying it in a way which is just so crazy to me it just it makes me so upset yeah Yeah,
1: and I oh sorry and yeah I totally agree with that because I feel like this poem it's like they're like putting like the white people in like in a higher place like, like victimizing oh, them yeah. yeah like oh you know we do all this stuff and we take a lot of hits and I feel like the white missionaries in the book kind of reflect that because they're kind of looking down mm-hmm. on a tribe like calling the gods false You're like you made these false gods mm-hmm. and how they basically came in set up their own court system right away and basically forced them to kind of follow it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um. You
3: can go ahead. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say that, uh, like you guys said, how they were, like, putting their, like, what they think is civilized onto them but in the book we see that beforehand they were civilized in their own way but when the um, new missionaries come they're like okay your gods are not real this is not you're not like civilized as we are supposed to be this is not who you're supposed to be mm-hmm. when they aren't really this, the people who are supposed to decide it and they've been following a different gods for so long mm-hmm. and they're starting to doubt them but and these new people are coming in and they like see that they're supposed to like show them the, like, the real way when it isn't really the real way it's just a
0: real way to them and it's, yeah. it's just kind of like you know and it's kind of all down to the cultures that they have yeah. that kind of make them like that or um, make them so different yet uh, the white missionaries kind of think they're the right ones mm-hmm. that like and they want to uh, fill full the mouth of fam- famine and bid the sickness cease like they want to get rid of what they think is wrong yeah. Yeah. and they want to make it right for, uh, for what they believe, but they don't kind of understand what the natives, like, believe and how they have can have their own beliefs separate of them.
2: Yeah, yeah um, that reminds me of this, like, African proverb I heard, and it says, until the lion learns how to write, every story will glorify the hunter. And this, I think this story is just taking on one perspective, obviously. Um, it's the white man's burden, so it's, like, from the white man's perspective. And I think it's just crazy how they don't even take into consideration anyone else's perspectives with their own, and it's, like, incredibly selfish to me, um, just seeing how cocky they kind of are, and they're like, oh, like, dang, like, we have to go, like, fight another race today, like, I don't know, it just seems so weird to me how um, they kind of seem cocky, and how, and they're, like, calling everyone else foolish, and they're not even taking anyone else's perspectives. I think that's a really good connection.
1: Yeah, and I agree with that, because in a poem like kipling kind of assumes mm-hmm. that that the people they are colonizing is like natives or like heathens you know uncivilized. civilized yeah
2: or that they it.
3: yeah they don't <coughs> yeah. even they don't it's, actually they were fine
2: in the first place i mean like they yeah. there were some anyone.
3: things that were fixed like killing twin children yeah. that was fixed mm-hmm. but they brought a lot of like things that were not necessary to this civilization mm-hmm. that was already civilized in their own way Sure, it's fixing some things and other people are starting to like be like oh i can see that <laughs> but it's still they're like coming in
2: you know, killing a whole like culture. Exactly. Even like the language he uses. He uses like sloth and heathen um, are like foolish and like you guys like hope that like we can like make you guys civilize again and like like Jacob said, like half devil, half child, like immature and not even wit- in God's like view It's just so weird to me. Um, and it's just it just it's so weird. But yeah. I think I think that's it. I think um, we discussed the prompt. Any other
0: you well, have any, like, the last thing I can think of is how the missionaries are very similar to this in the fact like of how they do it because like line 13 says by open speech and simple Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that's how most of the missionaries came they're just like trying to openly talk and kind of communicate why Mm -hmm. they believe what they believe
2: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. that's That's good Okay, um, so now we're discussing The Black Man's Burden, and the directions for this are very similar. It says, read and annotate the following poem, then during your podcast, discuss the thematic connections to Things Fall Apart, in particular reference to the white missionaries' address to the village people through the interpreter, Kiaga. How might Johnson's poem reflect some of the views of the villagers as they deride the missionaries? What assumptions do the village people make about the missionaries that arrive to speak with them? Compare this poem to the text it is responding to, The White Man's Burden. Um,
0: (laughs) uh, What I think about is they kind of find it as they're going to be coming uh, and they're going against all these different people. And kind of like the other villages they've heard warning stories about, which could kind of be the Native Americans and um, brown people. It's kind of like they're like, these people are being oppressed and we're next or we're here. Mm -hmm. And so they're kind of like weary of what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, um, I mentioned this in class, but I think it's really significant how they both start. Um, comparing it to the white, man's, the white man's burden, it starts with take up the white man's burden. But the, um, the black man's burden starts with pile on the black man's burden. And take up is sort of like a voluntary thing. Like you take it yourself and bring up what you're starting. But pile on is kind of sort of like you bi- it's being done to you and given to you like you already had a burden itself and you're just kind of putting more um burdens on top of it and it's more like a response thing rather than like i'm choosing to make it happen and it's just yeah it's kind of more of a response thing
3: exactly um like the pylon they didn't know they didn't really think that they had a burden because they didn't have a burden it was kind of just like oh this is this is the white man's burden might as they might pay having a burden they're like oh this is this is my burden i'm not really sure i had one mm-hmm. and it's like kind of like mocking the the white man's burden which isn't not really a thing but it shouldn't be
0: a thing even though it is a thing for them yeah it's the the white man's burden is more of like a voluntary thing yeah it's kind of like the like joining military this type of thing it's like yeah. you're putting the burden on yourself and you're accepting it but this is kind of imposed on them like especially in uh the in the book, um, it's kind of just imposed on them when they come. They say, "Okay, you're going to be doing this. You're going to allow us to do this," and they don't really have as much of a say in this it as they should.
2: Uh huh. Before um getting into the like actual how it had like context with the book, I think it's really important to look at con- contextualization, um and the fact this was that this was like written by a reverend. It like is kind of funny to me because they the white man's and mentioned how they saw it. everyone as like what was it, like, half-devil, half-child, and this is, like, a literal reverend of a church speaking, and I think that's just really coincidental. But moving into the text itself um, <laughs> um, and how it relates to the book, I think that this gives a good perspective on uh, maybe, like, a Quanco and his, like, and his tribes and how they saw everything happen because it kind of started slowly. Like, they just kind of heard rumors, like, oh, this could happen, but it didn't happen yet, and they're like, oh, like, there's no way it could happen, and then it, like, actually started taking an impact on them. They started actually converting people, and it just kind of, like, not backfired, but it kind of, like, built up from there. I think yeah
1: and I really and I agree with that because this poem it kind of like shows the assumptions they went with Mm -hmm. since they heard stories about like the people got gunned down in an instant and so and so they were like oh let's get prepared for this you know like we carry our clubs everywhere we go but in reality like the white men had like guns and stuff, so they couldn't really compare to that.
3: And when they heard about that, like you said they were gonna they were bring clubs around and stuff like that. The, when they heard about that and they've seen like these two these like new men that come in the missionaries, they were like they were kind of like, you know, um, I've heard about you, I don't really like trust you. But yet they still gave them like land and the like evil for- forest. So they were trying to like see if they will survive because no one survives the evil forest, but they survived the evil forest. And I feel like that was like their assumptions were kinda like broken by that. They didn't really 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 quite understand what was happening when they survived
2: Mm -hmm. going off of assumptions i think it's also crazy to think that the assumptions um that the black or i should say that the people of color went off of were like rumors and like what they heard from other people (laughs) and I mean, it could have been a little cloudy, but it was basically based off facts, but the assumptions that the white men would, were going off of were, like, were made from, like, hatred, and, mm-hmm. like, what they, like, personally thought, not what they heard, mm-hmm. or, like, what's actually happened. They kind of made those assumptions based off, like, whatever they wanted the world to look like, and their, like, view of what they thought should happen, rather than, like, what the black men, or, like, what the colored people came, what they're like... What their assumptions came from were, like, kind of based off of facts, whereas the white men's were just based off of, like, totally, like, just making prejudiced thought. choices yeah. and, like, just what they thought, yeah. Yeah,
0: what they see and based upon what their religion was mm-hmm. kind of, like, dictated what they did, while the, in the story and kind of um, in history, it's kind of, like, what they've seen, what, um, what the characters in the story, like, the, the natives saw, mm-hmm. like, is kind of, like, dictated, like, how they acted. Mm-hmm. while well, they just showed up and they said oh you guys look uncultured we're gonna make you cultured
1: like
3: fix you and yeah. So yeah 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 kind of fix something that's and i totally and
0: agree with that because
1: we, we see like since we kind of see i feel like a Kongo kind of represents like the mindset that they they the, like the war he's like the fearless warrior mm-hmm. kind of like the cliche mm-hmm.
2: that yeah, i feel like cliche, they would yeah. know
0: mm-hmm. like the angry man who acts on his instincts you know
2: mm-hmm. and yeah,
1: yeah.
0: and it, is kind of like the colonizers, too, in the fact that he doesn't, like, judge based upon, like, facts and things. He just judges based upon his opinions and what he believes because he believes in this masculine-feminine split. You have to be uh, a strong man if you're a man, and you have to be, like, a submissive woman if you're a woman throughout the stories. yeah, That's what he believes, and he kind of, like, imposes that on everyone else. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah They all good?
2: Yep
0: all right so this is the final question uh what purpose does this novel serve in the 21st century consider theme and i'm kind of thinking that it's basically um talking about one of the themes that i found is when you solely rely on one belief or one set of beliefs when that belief is changed taken or like corrupted or you don't believe anymore like your whole kind of meaning in life is gone or taken like how a conqueror was because when the Uh, he realized the tribe wasn't as strong as it used to be, and that's kind of what he relied on, and also his, like, class and his status. Once that was all taken away from him, he found, like, there's kind of, like, nothing else he had to do and kind of, like, lost his sense in life.
3: Yeah. Um, What I kind of saw from that was, like, when they when he was like stuck in like that one side of beliefs it like next to now because there're still people who still believe in a certain thing that isn't like changing even though it should be changing cuz the world's changing like mm. Ikuko's world has been changing through this and he was sticking to one thought thinking to not be weak and that led him to his demise because he ended up killing himself which is another form of weakness but people yeah. in now are like they still need to change their mindset on this as well because he wasn't changing his mindset on this. He didn't like the missionaries and all of them and it landed hit to him dying and people need to start changing their thoughts and thinking like that everyone is like everyone's equal and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that's that's kinda the purpose that this novel serves in mm-hmm. like in today's world. It shows us like the world that they had before and then it shows what happens when, you know, the missionaries came and kinda made things kinda fall apart in their society
2: um yeah I think just going off of the topic of change and how that relates from the book all the way like until now and just like the importance of it because I think uh, what was so not bad about Okonko is that he he didn't really grow too much he kind of stayed in the same place and I think that also just relates to the values that they hold there are still that there are still not not good values that are like shown in the book that are still shown today and I think that um the author is really just trying to like encourage change for the better obviously and um obviously there wasn't good change in the book with like the missionaries coming and changing their culture but i think just in general um the theme or mo i should say motif the motif of change is like and the need for change is still a um is still very relevant today and in yeah. the book i feel
1: like i kind of disagree with that because in the book since it it was kind of shown that society was kind of good before yeah but then it kind of went to worse since the conqueror like a strong person kind of killed himself so i think like the showing that, like, sometimes you don't need change.
2: Because mm-hmm. I felt
1: like society was good before. Mm-hmm. But then once change actually happened, it kind of...
2: Yeah, I probably should have said that clearer. I don't think that the village per- needed change, per se, from the colonizers. If anything, mm-hmm. like, it caused more damage than good. But I think that... Uh, here, I'll say that personally, I think of Bonco needed more change. Yeah. For his, like, his personal self. And that could also reflect on how people need change today. Like,
3: yeah, like that, I feel one like one. small bits and pieces were, like, changeable, like killing babies. Mm. I feel like that could have, like, changed. Or just changed. not being able to display weakness. Yeah, I feel like things like that should have changed, but not, like, the whole entire thing. Like, they had good parts that should not change, but were, like, forced into changing. They shouldn't be forced to change. They should have the choice to change, and it should be their decision, not someone else's.
0: And then, like, an example, we can tie that to real life. Like, I know a lot of people who like relied solely on one thing so whether it be like a sport and then like they realize they don't like the sport as much as they used to and then like without that like they don't really have like a sense of what to do anymore Uh and same with like relationships there'll be people who like are so invested in a relationship they don't worry about anything else like they don't try to like invest in their life outside of that Uh and then when that ends they kind of are just like stuck in this place where they don't know where to go next and that's kind of how a congo was where when his whole village changed, his status was taken away, he had no sense of where to go or what to do anymore. And so that's kind of like what caused this big change in him was the reliance on status and one belief. So, so do
1: you think, like, the author wrote this book as kind of like a warning tale to others about, like, the fate of the conqueror and stuff like that?
0: Uh, it could be. Like, one. Uh, one of the themes could be that of, like, If you are invested in this one thing and nothing else and you are stuck to your beliefs, like, when that's taken away from you, where are you going to go? That could be one of the themes you could find throughout the story. I don't know if it's solely written for that, but that's something people could take from it.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think just going back to, I think in the, like, first section, we talked about how... um, how like a Quanco's character i think we we're talking about a Quanco's character arc and just that like what he was running from ultimately mm-hmm. was his was his demise yeah. not despise. Yeah. and demise. i think that also could be another theme <laughs> it's like you can't keep running from your problems you have to face them mm-hmm. and you ultimately will become stronger if you are like vulnerable and you do show emotion and you like allow yourself to make those changes for yourself personally it could like result in better things mm-hmm. and i think that relates to like everyone personally yeah, yeah. Take that. i feel that. And- oh sorry you can no, go, no, you can go no, no. no it's
1: fine alright <laughs> 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 so I feel like all those themes so I, I think that's what Chebe was trying to write about telling you to like kind of grow as a person mm-hmm. and how you need change as a person but society as a whole doesn't need to be changed
2: mm-hmm. I,
3: mean. I feel like yeah. yeah with that like consequences though cause like some of the consequences were not like justified or they were overly justified mm-hmm. and it's just like that could be another like focus on the topic of what this is for their consequences
2: Yep. Yeah. I it was good. good. Yeah.